Well, let me welcome you to Stevenson High Kirk this morning for this time of worship where we just look forward, we always look forward to just enjoying the presence of God and as we celebrate God's presence with us, the Lord's promise that when two or more are gathered, the Lord says, now I'm there with you. You never need to doubt one bit. I'm there. And so this morning we do celebrate that the Lord's with us. And therefore, whatever you're carrying on your heart and your mind, you can cast every single one of these thoughts, all your cares, all your worries, you can cast them upon him, for he cares for you. We're going to worship the Lord together in our opening hymns. All I once held dear, built my life upon, will stand to sing. And then we're going to sing, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. So let's worship together.
the second one. I know a number of years ago in the Challenge magazine, one of the questions that was posed to me was, Scott, can you name the, your top 10 favorite books apart from the Bible? And one of the books that instantly came to mind was A.W. Tozer's Pursuit of God. And it's always been in my top 10. And in that book, A.W. Tozer he really inspires the reader to go on a pursuit after the presence of God, that the Christian would never be someone who would just be happy in a rut, but that we would always just desire to go deeper and deeper and to go on with the Lord. And in the book, he has a prayer and I have to say, it's one of these beautiful prayers, and it really captures what we're going to be sharing this morning. And so, as we just pray together, I'm going to just share that prayer of Tozer's, but I'm going to put it in a way that we can share it together. And so, let's just pray together. 
O God, we have tasted your goodness, and it has both satisfied us and made us thirsty for more. We are painfully conscious of our need for further grace. We're ashamed of our lack of desire. O God, the triune God, we want to want you. We long to be filled with longing. We thirst to be made more thirsty still. Show us your glory, we pray, so that we may know you indeed. Begin in mercy a new work of love within us. Say to our souls, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Then give us grace to rise and follow you from this misty lowland where we have wandered so long. And so, Lord, help us now as we worship and share in the Lord's prayer, praying together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, we take our reading from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. And there, once again, we're going to read verses 1 to 12. Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. And may the Lord bless us the reading of his precious word. And so, as we come to the Beatitudes, we've already looked at the first three. And so Jesus pronounces, he doesn't say, you will be blessed. Jesus says, you are and will continue to be blessed. As Paul writes, for we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ in heavenly places. And so, as we've been sharing over these weeks, the Beatitudes are a portrait of the Christian life. A life that is in Christ. A life that has responded to the kingdom. A life that has now is following Jesus. 
when we've put our trust and our hope in Christ alone, we are blessed and we will continue to be blessed. Even if we're persecuted, even if offenses come against us, Jesus said, oh, you're going to know such blessing." I want you to notice as well that there seems to be a progression in the Beatitudes. The first three describe an emptiness of soul. And now Jesus comes to the fourth. So you get a sense that the first three are the foundations. That's what the foundations are of the Christian life. But now we come to the fourth of the Beatitudes and that now gives us the focus of the Christian life. And then the last of the Beatitudes, you notice, describe the fruits of the blessed life. And so here we consider this morning, what's the focus of a blessed life? A Christian, what, what, what drives them? What motivates them? What, what's their, their object, their purpose in life? What do they invest everything in? And so Jesus now declares, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Now that's the focus of the Christian life. A, a life that is blessed of God, their focus is, now, it's, now notice, it's not happiness. They are not driven to be happy. The focus is not blessed are those who hunger and thirst for happiness. No. The Christian life, their focus is on righteousness. That's what Jesus pronounces. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Now later on in Matthew, he's going to tell us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's the focus of the Christian. That's the focus of our whole life. Our whole life should be consumed with righteousness. Those who hunger and thirst. Now before we open up what Jesus means here by those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, can I first of all explain what is it to hunger and thirst? What does that mean? Well, here Jesus tells us that those who hunger and thirst, they are those who have a deep longing. This word, to hunger and thirst, it means to have a deep longing for something. If you hunger for something, if you're thirsting for something, you have a craving, you have a longing deep inside you that needs this. And so Jesus announces Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Now, as I mentioned, remember, the Beatitudes don't tell you how to become a Christian. The Beatitudes are not stepping stones in how to become a Christian, that you have to be this, this. You have to, first of all, be poor in spirit, then you mourn, then you have to become meek, and then you have to hunger and thirst, and then you have to do all these. And once you get to the last Beatitude, you'll then be a Christian. Now, just get that out of your head. That is not what the Beatitudes are for. The Beatitudes are already describing the Christian. 
So it's not in how to become a Christian. If you treat the Beatitudes as how to become a Christian, I can tell you, you will be convinced you will never become a Christian. You'll never get there. It's impossible. And it is, if that's the way we treat the Beatitudes. But here Jesus is telling you what a true Christian looks like. And he's described the foundations of a Christian. They need Jesus. They hate sin. They don't want to remain in that place of misery, but oh, meekly, humbly, they bow before the presence of God, seeking him daily for grace and mercy. They go after God daily to know his love, to know his joy, to know his smile. That's a Christian and that's, and that's a blessed life. And oh, they're driven. They have a deep longing for God. They want to be in a better place. They want to be nearer, still nearer, close to thy heart. And so it's not blessed are the morally upright. But he is saying, blessed are those who hunger for righteousness. Who hunger, who have a deep longing to be right with God. To know righteousness. But it's more than that. It's not just to be right with God. It's not just to know their hearts right with God. It goes deeper than that. Those who feel that they haven't arrived yet. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt, Lord, I've put my trust in you. I've, yes, I've become a Christian, but I just don't feel I'm there yet. Have you ever felt like that? Well, do you know Paul, just before he died, he said these words, I have not obtained yet. Even Paul felt like that. At the end of his life, he said, I press on. I desire to know him more. I want to love him more. I'm not where I should be. I, I'm not, I haven't obtained that place yet. I'm not in that place of perfect blessedness. Paul says, I'm actually discontent where I am. But I strive to go forward. I want to love him more. I want to know everything. I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know the smile and the favor of God. I'm not there yet, he said. And so you're not alone. But oh, if you have a hunger to know him to know Jesus more closely, if you hunger and thirst, if you have a deep longing to be more like Christ, then you're blessed. To hunger and thirst describes a passionate desire. It's a passionate desire. Now that's what Jesus describes as the blessed life. Those who are passionate about Jesus who are passionate about Christ, who would just give up everything. They would sell every field they had for that pearl of great price. They would give up everything for Jesus. Oh, to know Christ, to have him, to walk with him, to know the life of Christ flowing through me. Oh, I would give up everything for that. That's worth following. And so Jesus here describes the blessed life as one who hungers and thirsts. Those who have a deep longing. 
Do you have a deep longing for Christ? Do you have a deep longing in your prayer time when you know that you've been walking far from God? You feel empty, you feel cold, you feel spiritually dry. But despite all that, do you have a deep longing that says, Lord, I wish I wasn't so empty of heart. I wish I wasn't as cold to the things of God. Lord, I wish I was on fire for God. I'm not there yet, but Lord, I've got a deep longing for it. Oh, Lord, I would love to know more of your Holy Spirit in my life. I don't feel at this moment in time that I'm filled with the Spirit. I don't feel God's power in my life at all. But, oh, Lord, I deeply long for it. Are you at least there? Then Jesus said, that's a blessed life. Those who hunger and thirst, those who have a deep passion to know Christ, to walk with them more closely, to know that life of Christ, the power of a resurrected life flowing. As one preacher said, hunger tells you that there's a need there. When there's hunger, there's a need. Because when you're hungry, you, you need food or you need something. And so hunger is a good sign that, oh, you have a need Hunger also tells us that there's life there. If you're hungry, then, then there's life. <laughs> Someone who's dead can't feel hungry. <laughs> but oh, there's life if, if you have a hunger. If you have a hunger for Christ, if you have a hunger for a closer walk with God, then there's life there. Oh, be encouraged. A hunger also tells us that there's health there. You know when someone has been in hospital and they're out for the count and you're just longing for maybe a loved one and you're waiting for them to wake up and then suddenly they wake up in the hospital bed and they tell you, I would like some soup. <laughs> Boy, see when they tell you that they're feeling hungry, you rejoice. It's the signs of health when there's a hunger. And see, when you're hungry for the Lord, when you're hungry, thirsting for him to know a deeper, closer walk, oh, that's signs of a healthy life. It's signs of life. It's signs of need. And so the true Christian should have a deep longing for God. They may feel empty, but oh, they long to be filled. They may feel cold of heart, but boy, they have a deep longing to be on fire for God. That's the Christian life. The Christian, the blessed life, is a life that hungers and thirsts. They have a deep longing. You can see it, can't you, with Jacob in the Old Testament when he wrestled God Day and night, he wasn't going to let go until God blessed him. Until he knew the blessing of God upon his life, he said, I'm going to wrestle for this through the whole night. I will keep going. I'm going to wrestle for the blessing. And even David in the Psalms, you could go through most of the Psalms of David. As the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul longs and thirsts after you. 
Psalm 63, Lord, thee, my God, I'll early seek. My soul doth thirst for thee. Psalm 84, how lovely is thy dwelling place. My heart just longs for you. My heart cries out to you, the living God. Now that's a soul that's hungering and thirsting. Yes, they have a deep longing. But notice that the blessed life here, <clears throat> the life that's hungering and thirsting, they have a determined focus. They have a singleness of heart in their discontent. As I mentioned, Paul said earlier, I'm not there yet. Paul has a heart, a single heart. Although he's feeling discontent, I'm not there yet. I haven't reached. But oh, I press on. He's got such a single a singleness of heart, even in the midst of discontent. He's also noticed, Paul, he's got that single heart. Oh, in his devotion, in his direction, in his determination. Paul is single. When you read his letter to the Philippians in chapter 3, the singleness of heart. He's driven. Yes, he has a deep longing, but oh, he has a determined focus. He's not focused on being happy. That's not Paul's goal. Paul's goal is Christ and his righteousness. To know the righteousness of Christ is Paul's great desire. I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Oh, that's the determined focus of Paul. And that's what it means to hunger and thirst. Lord, I want to be clothed in your goodness. I don't want you just to make me good. Lord, I don't want you just to make me happy. Lord, I don't want you just to come and make me a better person. Lord, I need Jesus to be my goodness. I need Jesus to be everything to me. I'm not good, but Jesus is, so I need him. Lord, I'm not righteous, but Jesus is my righteousness. And so Paul, his determined focus is on knowing Christ as his righteousness. Because Jesus lived the righteous life, the perfect life. And we often miss that, but did you know that Jesus didn't just die for you? He lived for you. He kept the law perfectly for you and for me. Jesus lived the righteous life for you and for me so that we could have his righteousness, so that we could be clothed with Christ. That's why Paul says, clothe yourselves with Christ. Put on Christ. Sink down deep into Jesus because he is your goodness. He is your redemption. He is your righteousness. He is your loveliness. He is your perfection. He is 
everything that you need. And you need Christ. You need to be clothed in him. You need Christ in you, the hope of glory. You, that's why we need to call upon the name of the Lord and to be saved. We need Jesus living in us by his Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit of Christ in us. That's how we come to know righteousness. And so, yes, Paul is, has a determined focus. He needs, he hungers, he thirsts for Christ and his righteousness. Oh, to win, to win Christ, to put on Christ, to be clothed with Christ's righteousness meant everything to Paul and means everything to the believer. So why did Jesus die? Yes, he, he died to forgive us our sins. But he also died to give us a passion for righteousness. You know, we, we, we often miss that. You know, when Paul wrote to the Corinthians, there in the second letter in chapter 5, at verse 15, Paul says, Christ died so that we would not live for ourselves. And then in verse 21 of that same chapter, for he made him to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The Christian has a determined focus on righteousness. We should be passionate about knowing Christ's righteousness and living, not for ourselves, but living for Christ, so that the world will see Christ's righteousness in us. That's why Jesus goes on in Matthew to say that your righteous, righteousness should be above that of the Pharisees. They outwardly tried to be righteous. They tried to be good. They tried to do all their good works and good deeds so that the world would see it. But Jesus said, no, the righteousness that I want you to seek after is inward. It's my righteousness. It's my life shining through you. And it's far above that of the Pharisees. It's above external works. As Peter writes, Christ bore our sins on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Oh, we ought to be passionate, driven, that should be the great theme of our hearts, is to seek righteousness, Christ's righteousness. And not just in order to be saved and to become a Christian, but also to live out daily, to know his righteousness, to know that righteous life flowing in us every day, that we would have a pursuit of it, to live for Christ. And before I get carried away, <laughs> yes, those who hunger and thirst... They have a deep longing. They have a determined focus. But just in closing, they also have a delightful promise. For Jesus said, for they shall be satisfied. Those who hunger and thirst, what a delightful promise. When we hunger and thirst after Christ, when we have a deep longing when we have that determined focus, then there's a delightful promise that we will be filled. 
Now that's the paradox of the Christian life. For the more I am filled, the more I become hungry. The more I long, the more I drink, the more thirsty I become. Now that should be the Christian life. When we desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit fills us, he fills us also with a longing to be filled again and again and again. When we thirst for Christ, yes, we can know his sweet peace and his presence. Come and we feel as if, Lord, I've tasted your goodness today. I've drunk, but boy, it gives us a deeper thirst. That's the Christian life. And Jesus said, yes, you will be satisfied, but you will have a satisfaction that will give you a deeper hunger and a deeper thirst. It's possible to be hungry and filled at the same time. It's possible to be thirsty and satisfied at the same time. That's the, that is the Christian life. But there is another promise too that, yes, we will be filled, we'll be satisfied as we seek after Christ, as we hunger and thirst for him. But as we mentioned at the very beginning, but oh, there's a future blessing here too. We're going to one day enter the home of righteousness, the home of glory. And as we mentioned, there'll be no more hungering and thirsting then. There'll be no more mourning, no more sickness, no more misery over our sins and that we've blundered again, that we feel like useless Christians. Oh, that day is going to be over and gone. We shall enter into that perfect blessedness of God. What a wonderful promise to the Lord's people. And so can I encourage you this morning? Oh, will you hunger and thirst after him? after righteousness, after Christ. Oh, go on a pursuit after him. Hunger and thirst. Oh, and may the Lord bless you as you do that. And so let's just have a quiet time of prayer before we sing our closing hymn, but let's pray. Lord, may we never lose that hunger and thirst for you. And Lord, as we pray for ourselves, Lord, you encourage us to pray for others too, to lift up this world with all its needs. And so, loving Heavenly Father, we can say with the psalmist, you are our refuge and strength, a present help in the day of trouble. And so, as we lean upon you and desire to place into your hands, those who have come upon our hearts. And so, Lord, once again, we lift up the people of Ukraine. You know them by name. Lord, be their shield and strong tower. In the darkness of war and political scheming, oh, spread, we pray, the light of hope and of justice and of peace. Oh, Lord, oh, touch all the nations of the world this day. Lord, let your sh light shine upon the Ukraine, Russia, China, Afghanistan. 
Or we think again of Iraq and Iran. We think of the Yemen. Oh, Lord, may the light of Christ shine throughout Europe, Asia, Africa, Antarctica, Australia, Lord, the Americas. Lord, we also pray again and again for Israel, for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, for those who feel hopeless and helpless, oh, may they find salvation in Christ. For those who feel weak and worried, oh, may they find strength in you. Lord, for those who fear and are filled with dread, may they experience the perfect love of Jesus filling them this hour. And Lord, this day we lift up your church. Lord, keep us full of the Holy Spirit where the fire of your presence continually burns. Lord, keep us faithful and make us fruitful for your glory. Lord, where the church is persecuted, keep us in your peace and perfect love. And Lord, this day, for all who are struggling with daily worries and anxieties, Lord, help us to rest upon you, our shield and our defender. Lord, we lift up our families, our loved ones, our friends, our neighbours, our streets, our communities. Lord, touch us afresh where we may experience your glory. And so, Lord, we also now lift up our tithes and our offerings and we give thanks to you, our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, Lord, we pray all these prayers and the quiet thoughts upon our own hearts in Jesus' sweet and precious name. Amen. Well, we're now going to worship together as we sing in this beautiful hymn of Horatius Bonner, I heard the voice of Jesus say, and we'll keep our seats.
And so may grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore.